every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on what sort of feels like a victory week, but I'm going to consider this a vindication week after talking smack all last podcast about Iowa. Uh, the number two team in the nation fell this past weekend, 24 to seven at home against the Boilermakers. And guess who was on that train? Me. <laughs> Put a modest little uh, $20 bet down to win 95 because I was just so certain that I, I know Iowa better than they know themselves. That's how confident I was putting that down. Um, and I'm also very, very, very fortunate to not have to live in whatever town Iowa's campus is on for two weeks of summer. That was a bold bet by me, but um, I, I knew it. I knew they weren't going to win. There was no chance. No chance in the world. I was going to say, you can still be confident that you know them better than themselves without even having to spend any time there. Exactly. Exactly. I just know this football program in and out. And the way that they acted against Penn State, I knew they were a little too cocky for the britches coming back down to earth. And that's exactly what they did against Purdue. It was nice, too. I think the Purdue Twitter account, I think they put out there, we took a number two on, on Iowa or something to that extent. So. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll play by the social media team. Fantastic social media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it really doesn't make sense. The number two team in the nation, Iowa, like, we should have beat them. Like, you know what I mean? And really, I feel vindicated because I talk so much smack. But it's also, like, they're a fraud number two team. I think you also see it from the polls that came out on Sunday, the way that the rest of the nation feels where you see Iowa drop that game and they fall out of the top 10. Whereas we dropped that game to them with everything that went on and still stayed, stayed put at number seven. Yeah. Even after this week too. So I think, I think that's really telling and how those involved in the polls and how everyone else, the coaches, the AP, how they, how they see Penn state right now. So I think, I think that was pretty telling. For sure. Now, let's move on to this week. It's going to be a quick episode this week. We're just previewing the uh, Illinois game and doing the Big Ten betting bonanza. But the big story of the week is the Sean Clifford injury, um, as well as the backup quarterbacks, Taquan Roberson and Christian Vlu. Is that how you say it? The U or Vier? I don't know if you, it's, an there. it's Canadian, so I'll call him Valu. That Valu. sounds like Juru. Sounds yeah. sounds Canadian okay. to me. I like that. Um, what's the latest you've heard, Dave? So Franklin just spoke a little bit ago. So obviously oh. saw the Iowa 
in the Iowa game where Roberson couldn't get the snap off. So it would be nice to get him some more snaps this mm-hmm. week. Uh, you're coming in as a 24 point favorite. Um, but Cliff or Franklin rather, like we've said before, it's very ho-hum about injuries. Hasn't disclosed anything aside from uh, Mustafer, who we did announce that was out for the year. Yeah. But looks like so far in practice, at least today, um, it looked like all three of them were splitting the first team reps. So Clifford is, he is practicing. So Clifford is practicing. Okay. So on Sunday, I think was the first time they had practiced after the bye week. Clifford was not out there, but so far it seems like, and, and frankly, I had mentioned that today wasn't the first day that Clifford was out there throwing. So it looks like the three of them were splitting reps. He's still unclear with who's going to get the nod Saturday. Uh, my vote or my thought would be it would be Roberson out there to start and they're they're going to hold Clifford to make sure yeah. he's good for Ohio State. I know they have, have a one and no mentality. Don't want to look ahead, but I think you do in this case. Make sure he's good. Yeah, um, I, you, you can't you can't risk an injury to Sean Clifford right before a humongous Ohio State game against a team like Illinois. Like, let's just yeah. be honest. You can't that just can't be a risk factor that way to take in. Yeah, and if and that if means like Roberson has come out early and we have to kind of switch it up a little bit, then so be it. But I'd rather not risk a further injury that would be a detriment to the continuation of our season because we need Clifford at this point. Yeah, um, and if we're, if we're trying to go where we think we're going to go, you sh- you need to be able to get by Illinois with, yeah. with your back of the game. Yeah. So while while this week's QB situation, or at least for now, looks a little unclear, we did get some good news this week. 2022 commit Drew Aller. Our boy. Received that final fifth star. Woo! Boy is a five-star QB, first to commit to Penn State since Christian Hackenberg uh, in 2013. So uh, when he first committed to us, it was a three-star Worked his way up to a five-star, now five-star, number one QB in the nation. So big things to come there at the quarterback position. So real exciting news heading into game week. Love it. Also is his soon-to-be running mate, Nick Singleton, out of Governor Mifflin, uh, ranked as the number one running back in the nation, too. So you got the number one QB, number one running back, coming to a theater near you in a state college backfield. Hey, man. Big news, baby. Big news. So, yeah, this kid is so, – I mean, I hate calling Hackenberg a five-star. I, I guess he earned it coming out of high school. But this this kid seems like the fucking real deal. He's six foot four and a half. Let's give him six five, two twenty eight. So he's a sturdy fucking boy in the pocket. Like, it's going to take a lot to take him down. Yeah. But just going over the top ten QBs um, for the class of 2022 – Drew Aller, number one, going to Penn State. Two, Cade Klubnik, going to Clemson. Three, Connor Wegman, going to AM. Four, Ty Simpson, going to Alabama. Five, Devin Brown, going to USC. So seeing Penn State at the top of that list, getting the top quarterback is, again, we say this every, we said this since the beginning. This is something we've dreamed of, like getting those consistent four or five star recruits is what we've been laughing over the past decade or so. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you hope this, especially with how the offense has looked with Clifford, 
um, who isn't the highly touted recruit by any means. Just and with Aller coming in now, really knocks down the door to to let the fl- floodgates open, man. Let the yeah. let the QBs come rolling in. Yeah, um, we got Bo Prabulo coming in in the same class, who should be should be an interesting competition between those two guys. I think obviously with this new ranking, you think you would think Aller has Aller has the nod. Uh, but it's it's a bit it's a good QB class and hopefully for many years to come. And even as much of a lead foot one read wonder that Christian Hackenberg was, he did have good seasons with Bill O'Brien. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he had good seasons. So I feel like any five star talent coming in here is gonna do semi well, like Christian Hackenberg, mm-hmm. five star talent set all the records, but like we can consider him a phenomenal quarterback yeah. in Penn State history. I think with Mike Yurchik, that whole new mm-hmm. offense, this could elevate into a different era of Penn State quarterbacking. And uh, that's all we've been asking for. Sure, <laughs> for hope, sure, so, while now. sure hope so. Sure hope so. Um, and then I'm going to give one last shout out before we move on to trivia. Uh, both our boys, Kwani B, Jaquan Brisker, midseason All-American, according to ESPN. We've been praising, praising his name um, basically all season. He got the number one play if you've been following our Twitter and TikTok for the midseason plays on his uh, INT against Wisconsin, which was – I watch that highlight still and get, like, <laughs> so excited every time I see it. Like, yeah. the mo- like it was just so good. Um. But shout out to Kwani B for midseason All-American. Yeah, big year for him so far. Uh, earning himself a lot of money coming up, heading into the draft next year. Uh, like we said, he's going to be a big-time player on Sundays. Going to have to step up even more so with Mustafa out for the year as a leader on that defense. So losing the big guy up front who's team captain, vocal leader. Yeah. Uh, going to need to see even, even more out of Brisker, and it's hard to ask for more out of him. But interesting – Interested to see what more he can bring to the table with, with so, Mustafa out of there. So our defensive tackles now are going to be Tangelo, and then who's going to fill in for Mustafa? I think first guy up is probably going to be Devon Ellis. Okay. Uh, who was, again, a little banged up uh, last week. Could see maybe, I know, Hakeem Beeman, they were looking for something out of him at the start of the year. He's been inactive, in trouble. So, interesting. To see. We'll be interested to see who they put in that role. But I think I think Devon Ellis will be the next guy up, him and, him and Tangelo. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So, before we move on to the Illinois preview, cue the music. We got a little bit of trivia time coming up here. Again, this is... 2000 to 2010 Penn State football trivia. I believe this, we missed it last week, but I believe the score is you're, you hit both your two. I hit both my two. Think so, yeah. Two and oh. So this is a long-winded question. Might lead you astray. We're getting a little harder. Trying to little, do a little maze question here. So in 2009... Penn State went 11 and 2, led by Daryl Clark on offense, Navarro Bowman, and Sean Lee on defense. That year, they played LSU in the Capital One Bowl, winning 19 to 7. Who was Penn State's leading rusher in that game? Capital One Bowl. 
You got a hint and a phone a friend. 2009. Let me get your hint ready. I might need that hint. I'm going to use the hint. Calling in the hint. Calling in the hint. All right. We're going to have to think of a, uh, a sound for the hint. <laughs> for the hint lifeline. <laughs> All right. Let me pull this up here. It's definitely going to give it away if you know the steps that, I, that I'm going to refer to. He's the number one all-time leading rusher in Penn State history. Evan Royster. There we go. Hey. Bye, boom. Surprisingly. Go Damn it. I wish I saved that lifeline. Fuck. No points against the lifeline. I know. I'll use it. If it's there, use it. Yeah. How about we get to use one? Like, so now that you're, you're hint, no more hints for us. Off the table for us. Yeah. Of now you only get a phone a friend. Phone a friend. But yeah. That was a big old hint. <laughs> Three nothing. <laughs> Um, and we'll be back with the Illinois preview coming up next. And here we are with the preview of number seven, Penn state hosting the two and five fighting Illini who had a really surprising victory. in I think it was week zero that they called it, uh, over Nebraska. Yeah. And that was their one win. And then they beat the Charlotte. Can you guess the nickname? You're, it's tough. Nothing to do with Charlotte, I don't think. Not, is it Cavaliers? It's a it's an NFL team name on the West Coast. Charlotte. Oh. 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so they beat Nebraska and the Charlotte 49ers. Ooh. And then uh, last week... They just lost to Wisconsin 24 nothing. Hmm. So by the transit property, we should roll this team. But should. to really further the turmoil that Illinois is in, Brett Bielema had some choice words for his coaching staff, his players, and pretty much the whole the program as a whole. Oof. So he told reporters on Monday. I just know this as a head coach, you're only as good as your roster. I kind of learned that the first time I went to the Kentucky Derby, right? Nobody was betting on the jockeys. Everybody was betting on the horses. So to win the Derby, you got to have the right horse. And I think our players are going to be a reflection of what our program stands for. Tough. (laughs) Basically saying you don't have the horses for the race right now. He goes on to say, In particular, the offensive line. I don't believe we have a player in the two deep, like the second stringers, that the previous coaching staffs have recruited over the last three years that is really significantly doing anything for us in the playing department. And that's major concern. That's something that we have to do. <laughs> so either he's trying to light a bonfire under this team's ass, or he's basically coming to the realization that this is going to take a lot of work to rebuild the Illinois football program. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think he knew what he really got himself into. Yeah. Really feeling himself there with a two and five football program. That's been in turmoil for quite some time. Taking shots at Lovey Smith. 
and like a two and five, and you're taking shots at current players. You're like the guys we have now, they suck. Like they they're not they're not the horses to win the race. Like what? Excuse taking me. Shots at your de- team as a head fo- or football a head coach of a two and five team. That's yeah, that's not a good look. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. And like I don't know if I'm reading too deep into this, but like is he referring to himself like no one bets on the jockeys, meaning like on the jockey. It's yeah. the horses. Like it's not my fault. It's the horses' fault. Like yeah, come on, dude. Come on. Oh, I might. Re- I might. Oh. That might be a total speculation, but it could be. But it sounds bad. So what is good with this Illinois offense? I know they're running like a two, like a two quarterback system with two grad transfers, which seems kind of odd to me. Yeah, um, well, when they when they kicked off the year in week zero, that it looked like they were all in on Peters being the guy, Brandon Peters, so transfer from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, backing him up was a transfer from Rutgers, Artur Sikowski. Mm-hmm. So Peters last Remember year. That name. Yeah. So Peters last year was a starter, had some injury, injury issues. And then week one this year, week zero rather gets hurt again. So it's kind of been rifling back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. Neither really pop off the charts could have a lot to do with the talent that's around them. Uh, quote, quote, Brett Bielema. There. <laughs> that's Bielema. Throwing it out there. But, yeah, both of them hovering around 500, 600 pass yards on the air. Um, running back-wise, not doing a whole lot. Uh, so, they got – I'm sorry, Chase Brown, yeah. uh, sophomore, yeah. uh, averaging about four yards a carry. And then, really, they're only lone he's a good. Uh, he's a good dual threat. Yeah. Uh yeah. running backs. I think he's like so, yeah, fourth he's or fifth player. on the team in pass catching. So yeah. So yeah. So from a pass catching perspective, you got him. And then really their only lone bright spot has been Isaiah Williams, uh true freshman. I think he's got about 35, 40 catches on the air, a couple touchdowns. But he's, other than that, they're not they don't really have anything that should scare you, especially with a defense as good as Penn State. Looking at their stats, he's the only one catching the ball for them. The second most receptions on the team, he is 32. Casey Washington is 13. Yeah. So he's more than double the amount of receptions. They do do a pretty good job of taking care of the ball. Um, it probably just means that they're they're putting all the time because they're not getting yeah, three and outs. You, you put the ball really well when you uh when you're getting a lot of three and outs. <laughs> yeah. So uh but yeah, often often's not much to write home about. Here's a sign. Uh, Sikowski, that guy, mm. he's thrown for 666 yards this year. 666. Avoid Ooh. devil number. Avoid him. Uh. If he's starting, pff, might throw $1,000 on state. Oh, minus 24. Um, Aquan, throw him for five tutties. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I honestly might. Minus 24. What's he over under? In the game, I didn't even look at that. I think it was. Oh, I'd be lying if I said I knew. I think it was. I don't think it was in the 40s again. I think it might have been like 51. Okay, I was, if it was in the 40s, I might not take it because I don't think Illinois is gonna score. No, I, I really don't. Yeah. So if it's in the 50s, I'm I'm taking that. Yeah. But yeah, going on the defensive side for the Fighting Illini, they officially have the worst defense in the Big Ten. They're allowing 
over 200, 400, 427 yards per game. Mm-hmm. That's 101st in the nation out of 130 FBS teams. Uh, second worst in the Big Ten is Northwestern, who's giving up only 410 yards per game. So that's about a 17-yard difference per game between them and Northwestern. Yeah. Tough look for Illinois. Yeah. On top of that, they're the 87th worst rushing defense in the nation. They allow over 163 yards on the ground per game and over four yards per rush. And then on top of that, they're the 107th ranked pass defense in the nation, allowing over 264 yards per game and 12.6 yards per reception. So, <clears throat> excuse me, given those numbers, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. 163 yards on the ground per game. We have to get our three-headed monster involved if you want to take any sort of pressure off Roberson or Christian. If I say sounds like a good game to get the run game going and blow yeah finally to get the run game going. And it and if Clifford's not able to go, it's that's that's the way to get those quarterbacks comfortable, make them defend the run, and then they'll get some easy one-on-one matchups, maybe some clean looks, some clean routes, breakdown of coverage. Um yeah, keep in mind too with the running back situation. Uh, Lovett and Ford went out with all the players that went out during that Iowa game. They were out of there, um, so could be. Didn't hear anything about Kane or Lee, so I think you at least got a two-headed monster there and kind of a dark horse candidate. Keep an eye out for Kazia Holmes. Yeah, last oh, year yeah. got some PT. If those two, really Lovett like and Ford are uh, unable to go, I think I think you could see some Holmes in this game. I I personally lo- I love Keith Lee. I think he's I think he could be due for a humongous game with the way he runs, just bl- blowing through people, linebackers, defensive yeah, backs. Games, doesn't matter. He had that big, yeah, he had that big forty-four yard run against Indiana. Um, beginning of the year, he was doing a lot of dancing around. Which, when you're a two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pound back, you kind of just got to north south. You are where you are, go north south. So he's yeah. been starting to do that a little bit more and. Uh, had some fumble issues at the beginning of the year. Seems to hopefully be past that. So would love to see Liga have a big game. Same. Same here. Um, one last thing. Very unfortunate for this particular player on Illinois. Senior linebacker Jake Hansen is out for the season for a third straight year after undergoing the uh, surgery after the Wisconsin loss. He was leading the defense, doing it all. He had 32 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, sack, forced two fumbles, and recovered one. So you got to feel for the kid. Three straight years that he has had his season cut short and his college career is now over. Um, Sucks for him, but competitive-wise – Helps Penn State, helps yeah. run game. I hate I hate to say it, but yeah. It, yeah, it'll help that run game, and we need that run game to be the focal point if any of those two backups are in the game, because you just don't know what you're going to get from them. They could single handedly lose this game. So I think the rushing attack is key. Mm-hmm. All right, 
Big week last week for me in the Big Ten betting bonanza. <laughs> the comeback is on. Huge week. Not only did I win money, I won some a little bit of bragging rights in this competition for hitting that first plus, what are we, plus seven for that? Yeah. The first, the first plus seven in Whiteout Weekly history. So we will be back with week eight of the Big Ten betting bonanza coming up right next. It is week eight of the Big Ten betting bonanza. And my, oh, my, have things shaken up on the leaderboard. So we'll go with the leader first, Dave. Plus 10 heading into last week. Hits. Army plus 14 hits Michigan State minus four and a half by 0.5. Fuck sketch lines. That's our motto Welcome, of baby. the year. Fuck, Fuck sketch, sketch lines. lines. And then you hit the over in the Minnesota. Minnesota what was it? Nebraska. So three and oh. So I did a little did a little research, meaning I just looked over my notebook for the past five minutes. Dave is 10 and two in the past four weeks. Oh, so anyone listening to this, follow the bear trail right now. He is on fire with Big Ten betting football. I will fill your wallets, baby, but not to be outdone. I had Michigan State as well, the 0.5 cover, plus sketch lines every time. For some reason, I just have like one bet. Every week out of my three is just the dumbest thing I've ever done. I don't know why I do it, but I picked the over an army in Wisco. That one, 34 miss, but I put my nuts on the table. I put Purdue money line <laughs> at plus 10, half, 11 and a half. And it fucking hits. That's plus seven. So Dave, you put, you put your nuts out there in the cornfield. I did. I did drunk them all through the cornfield. <laughs> Um, so Dave with his three wins goes from 10 to 13. And with my one win with Michigan State and my plus seven for picking the money line with the double digit spread, I am now at 12. So things are now that's close again, baby. That was the bomb shot I needed. 13, 12, week eight anyone's ballgame at this point we still don't have a punishment but you better believe the punishment's going to be unbearable um i'll let the freaking 10 and 2 savant go first all right i just give everyone a little bit of time make sure they get their notebooks ready so i am riding high with ronnie bell still or i'm sorry with uh mr bell from purdue and i'm going boilermakers money line again with the Badgers this week. Keep it rolling, baby. Boiler up. Boiler up. Well, I'll have you know, I'm taking the Badgers minus three. I think public perception on Purdue is just sky high. That's not a good symbol. The old old hitting quit it with Purdue, huh? Is sky high. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... Purdue, bet them last week. Great game. Probably the game of their season. I think they come back down to earth this week. Wisco shows them who they really are in the Big Ten. Um, I'm taking Wisconsin minus three. All right. So, conflicting game right there. That's another big one. Oh, I like that. I like that. 
Because you'll get three uh, for the money line, and I would only get yeah. one if hit. All right, big game there. All right, let's go. What's your second pick? I got another one of those. Hey, I was lucky last week, Nebraska, Minnesota. So I'm going to roll the dice here again. I got Michigan Northwestern over 50 and a half. Okay. Like Michigan Ooh. runs up the score here. And I you think Northwestern for a couple times. Hang? Yeah. I don't know that the, I don't know that they hang in this one, but I could see a, you know, 42, 14 Wolverine win. Yeah. So you have the over in that. I wish you would have picked Michigan because I have Northwestern plus 23 and a half. Oh, here's why. And here's why. Give Michigan it, give State. It. Let me check. Yeah, they're on a bye this week. Michigan plays Michigan State next week. I think this is a prime look ahead game for Michigan. Not Ooh. taking Northwestern that seriously. Maybe win by 21. I'm covering even if they win by 21. Okay. Give me that all day. Look ahead games. It's look ahead season right now. Book me. Northwestern like plus 23 and a half. I like it. And for your final pick, sir. I am going with the Buckeyes minus 21 against Indiana. I think it could be a key like look ahead game here for Ohio State, but I think Indiana's just kind of in shambles right now. I think the Buckeyes blow them out and get ready for for the Nits coming to town next week. I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to copy you just for the sake of competition, but any team that's playing Jack Tuttle, especially Ohio State, I'm betting on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for my last one, this is another kind of co- contradictory bet for me, but I've been hyping Maryland up all season. I Talia, I, he has the goods, but he, I just don't think he knows how to use them yet. I'm going to go with the Golden Gophers. Ooh. Minus five. Roll the uh, boat. At home against Maryland. I think Maryland's coming to a point in their season where they're sort of realizing it's lost. Uh, Minnesota's coming off two straight wins. Uh, one over the latest one over Nebraska, which was huge. Um, so I think that's giving them more confidence that they're a contender with the Iowa loss, especially in the Big Ten West. So, yeah, I'm going with the Golden Gophers minus five over the Terrapins. Poor Maryland, man. Poor Looks like Maryland. we got a bunch of singles on the board. So the big game is going to be that Purdue-Wisco yeah. game. That'll really decide it. Um, so that'll be it for week eight of the big 10 betting bonanza join us next week to see how we did and to recap the hopeful Penn state destruction of Illinois and Brett Bielema just having an aneurysm on the sideline. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and tuning in to whiteout weekly. We will be back every week with more Penn state news and information. And once again, I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us. Luigi signing out. See you guys.